Good morning, everybody. How's it going? Are you guys good? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Uh, who's ready for holiday? <laughs> we need to get amens like that about Bible verses, guys. Not about December. Come on. Someone's throwing two arms up yeah, there. Yes. <laughs> okay, let's try it again. Who believes God is good? Hey, you passed. You guys passed. Well done. We're proud of you. We're proud of you. But uh, everyone feeling the, the pressure of silly season? A little bit, eh? I mean, you blink and it's already, I mean, 2023, cheers. It's great. I don't know why it's pressure, because you're allowed to be silly. <laughs> Maybe we're not used to being silly. That's the problem. Yeah, it feels like we don't know what we're doing. You know, it's crazy. <laughs> but look, uh, as we get into the, the end of year rush, guys, always remember, don't get uh, sucked in. Keep your wits about you. Stay focused, you know. Make sure that you're resting, especially when, Mar when you hear Mariah Carey in every store now. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it, fe it feels early. It's because this year's felt so quick. I think that's why, you know. No, but also, it's getting earlier and earlier because they need to make money. <laughs> that's true. Am I right? Now, see, all of a sudden, you see the Christmas lights going on in October. You're like, <laughs> what is going on here? I'll tell you this then, world. Eh? Yeah, next it'll be Christmas in June. What? Yeah. Winter Christmas, praise the Lord. But yeah, we, we're heading into obviously the end of the year and uh, we've been busy, what's it, three weeks now, I think, on um, the Carefree Christian. Mm -hmm. You know, how have you guys been feeling about that one? It's been uh, interesting, very good, right? Some practical principles of how we are to experience God's supply, God's perspective in everyday life. Amen? Amen. You know, so often we say from the pulpit here that, you know, most places, most churches, most denominations for years, for the last hundred years, they never get into the heart and they never get into the kingdom. Everything is about getting that information, you know, getting that information. And when we, when we go searching for the info without the person, uh, we get ourselves into, uh, into stuck in the mud, basically, because we're thinking that the knowledge and the information is going to bring the abundant life, you know? But Jesus made it clear. He said that I've come to bring abundant life. And then he said abundant life or eternal life, because the word eternal life is not just speaking about an amount of time. It's not just talking about an infinity. It's talking about a quality of life. Amen? And Jesus said clearly that to have eternal life is to know me. Not me, Jesus. Amen? If you get to know me, you're not going to have eternal life, trust me. <laughs> You'll probably have eternal sorrow. No. <laughs> Ask Trish, she'll tell you. No, but anyway, so, so the thing is, is that we've got to understand. See, a lot of people put a lot of focus on the epistles. Now, we've taught you in discipleship school that the, the, the epistles that Paul wrote to the church are, are teachings, okay, that Paul gave us and how the church is supposed to operate, how we live and all these kinds of things. But uh, what we've got to understand is you've got to go back to the parables. You've got to go back to Jesus. You've got to go back to what he te teaches about the kingdom. Amen? In those parables and stuff, there's certain keys that he, that he drops. Okay, well, he, well, I say drops because a parable in its form uh, within itself is it's disguised in, in a sense where only those who are hungry will receive it. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's not for all. It's for the hungry. 
It's not for everyone. It's for those who want to go into the kingdom and experience what Jesus is talking about, this eternal abundant life, you know? So we've got to be careful that we don't just ever, never just, we don't ever get stuck on information. Amen? Because why? If you have it all up here intellectually and you don't have that experience with Jesus and who he is, then what happens is you never enter into the kingdom. You never experience those things. Amen? He said, I am the door. We've got to go through the door. We can't go through the door you're going to make with your intellect. Hello? We can't create our own door here, guys. He said, I am the way. There's no other way. We have to go through Jesus. Amen? And this is talking about a personal uh, um, relationship with God in your heart. Amen? Turn to the person next to you and say, it's all about the heart, brother. Amen. Amen? And you know these keys to enter into the kingdom that he gives us, they all seemingly are contradictions when we look at them. But when we go in and we search beyond what we see them on face value, that's when we realize, okay, hold on, that's how I connect. That's how I go in. That's how I experience. Amen? For instance, you must die to live. I mean, it looks like a contradiction. It looks like something that is, you know, so foreign to our intellect. But when you go and you spend time with him and you say, show me how to do this. I want to experience this death that you're talking about. What does it look like? What does it feel like? Are you with me? It's not just about having a bunch of scriptures is your ammunition to fight the devil. Amen? Use the scriptures, okay, to get close to him so that you can experience what he's saying. What is the meaning behind? You must die to enter. See, until we go through things like that, until we, we go and search out and seek out, okay, I want to experience that in my heart, we don't experience the promises in our heart. Are you with me? It's like a grabbing. It's like a... Uh, it's like trying to grab at things with, with arms that aren't long enough. Yeah. It's like trying to ask a guy who's got long, deep pockets with short arms to be a giver. It's very difficult. <laughs> Are you with me? Yes, you guys, you can smile this morning. What's going on? Anyone here got long, deep pockets? <laughs> no, Uncle Alan catches that one because that's an old one back in the day. <laughs> You know, that guy's got long, he's got, he's got long pockets and short arms. He won't even give you five bucks if you need it. Are you, are you with me, guys? And that's what it's like. So it's like a grasping, like trying to grab onto the stuff. Because you must understand, we have to receive it. Even though it's free. Even though Jesus has paid for it. Somebody's died for us to have it. We still have to receive it. The word receive means to grab hold of something and bring it in. Hello? Yeah. So Jesus is dropping these beautiful uh, um, uh, nuggets of life and spirituality and how to enter in and how to get the promises. And we are just going, okay, okay if I learn the scripture verbatim, okay, okay, if I do this, if I do that, okay, ah, but it's not working. Why is it not working, Lord? Are you with me? We need to go in there and literally not be scared to find out what does it feel like when Jesus says, what does it look like that you must die to live? 
Amen? Ask yourself that question right now. Are you willing to experience that? Because this is Christianity. Christianity is not registering for Bible school, doing three years, and then becoming a pastor. That's what everybody thinks. That's what the modern day church is all about. Amen? It's are you willing to get that close to Jesus? Are you willing to search out that truth that he's dropped, to feel it, experience what it feels like? Because only then are you able to bring it out to the world. Amen? Are you with me? Hello? We can't live on somebody else's experiences. You can't live on my experiences. You can't live on Bash's experiences. You can't live on Sheldon's experience. You can't live on Mark. Mark can come with a, a beautiful revelation that he's received in his heart. And he'll try to explain it to you in, in the physical. But you won't grasp it. It'll be like, wow, that's interesting. Or wow, that's cool or whatever. But Mark's only grasping that thing because he decided to go and feel it in his heart, to experience it, to take the word to that edge where it's going to cost him his own way, his own knowledge, his own will. Are you with me? We have to be able to do that. We need to surrender so that we can experience what Jesus is talking about. Are you guys with me? You understand what I'm speaking about? Like I said, it's difficult to explain spiritual things in physical terms, you know? But we have to be able to go there. So yes, it's great, Mark or Sheldon, or somebody comes and drops a revelation that they had, but that cannot sustain you. Amen? They've already chewed all the nutrients out of that revelation. They've digested it. It's in their heart. It's a part of them already. You're getting the pieces that they are able to spit out. You can't live on that. Hello? Are you, are you with me? You need to go in and experience that word for yourself. And when you do, the Bible says that it becomes life to your flesh, your bone marrow, your soul. Why? Because you're literally experiencing that word. Amen? Are you guys with me this morning? What is going on? Everybody looks like they're at a funeral. We had a, bit of, we had a bit of emotional ladies up on the stage crying. This, but don't worry. Don't let that stuff get to you. Amen? They've got to take their emotions to Jesus. Amen? And Jesus has got to sort, out, sort it out. So don't worry about that this morning. You yell for the word. To the person next to you, say, wake up. Wake up. Oh, wake up. Wake up out of yourself this morning. Mm. Amen. Amen. So have you guys been grasping this, this teaching on the kingdom? Yeah. So we've been laying a foundation. Remember, we're taking it very slow, we said. Yeah. We said we're going to take it very, very slow. And by the time we're finished with this, you guys are going to have this thing in your hearts. I promise you, you guys are going to be taking these keys that Jesus gave us, and you're going to be unlocking realms. You're going to be unlocking doors. Amen. We need it, guys. You know, it's, a, it's like that old analogy where these guys get on this cruise liner from here to the holiday destination, you know, and uh, by the time they get to the destination, they, they're starving. They haven't eaten for three days, a three-day trip. And they go down to the captain of the, of the ship and they say, well, listen, captain, man, we're never going to buy a ticket for this cruise ever again. And he's like, but why? Everything was perfect. Everybody, and, and, and they're like, well, man, we never got any meals. We're starving. And he's like, but please, read your ticket. 
It says all meals included. Why were you sitting in the, in the cabin? <laughs> what? You could have came and enjoyed. We didn't know. <laughs> are you with me? We don't want to live like that. Yeah. All meals are included in this trip, guys. Can you please pull up a chair and enjoy the buffet? Amen? It's everything you need to all your tastes. Mm. Mm. Amen? That's what he died for you to have. But we can't experience this stuff if we try our own doors, if we try and get our own keys. There's some real wise guys in, in the church today. You know, they, they will take grace and they'll, you know, we'll, they'll do all these things and then they'll come up with their own little way and then they'll put Jesus' stamp on it and then they'll go and teach people that this is grace or this is the way. But it's actually their way, it's not God's way. Hello? Why? Because they never fully died and entered in. They never trusted God. They never trusted the way of the kingdom. So they took a portion of it, revamped it, redressed it, put their own stamp on it, said it's from God, and they go out and they teach this stuff. And people are confused about this thing. Go back to Jesus. You can't enter in until you die. Yeah. This is a big thing, guys. Amen? Sure. Hello? Hello? Praise the Lord. I think these guys were, they had a big job here yesterday. Maybe, maybe it's just uh, some, uh, some after effects, you know. But, um, you know, that, that secondhand revelation, we used to call it that, you know, over the years is the secondhand revelation. You know, it's even, even what was shared with us in here. You know, the, even what Moses wrote down, you know, in the beginning when, when God dictated the first five books to him, you know, on the mountain, all of that as well was still secondhand revelation, you know. And the secondhand revelation was the invitation to those who heard it. That was the key of it. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, when we read the book of Romans, you know, and, and Paul is giving the best analogy from the beginning of up until the fulfillment of Christ's work, you know, everything that he's writing and he's explaining in itself is not powerful, but in its, if you experience it in Christ, then you'll experience the power. Because he's coming from the point of view now, like, like you were explaining that, um, this is what is available this is what you can experience. So last week when we said Romans 8.1, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If we choose to take that word, right, and we apply it how we want to apply it to serve the old man, what's going to happen is that we'll experience it to the extent that that old man's alive. Not to the extent that God gave it. If you want the gift of no condemnation, you don't find it in Romans 8.1. Romans 8.1 is letting you know what you have available in Christ. Amen? And it's the same thing that God did in the garden. You know, when, when they had the two trees, you know, uh, when, they, when, when God put the, the angels to guard the garden so they can't go back in and eat from the tree of life, is because they were going to eat from the tree of life to serve themselves, to serve the old man, not to have life. So when they went back and wanted to eat from the tree, like you're saying now, you know, they wanted to go back and be like, if we just eat from this tree, it'll fix this nakedness we're feeling. It'll fix this guilt and the separation. But God never intended the tree of life for that. He intended the tree of life to be life itself to them. In the same way now, when we're talking about the old man, you know, the, who's, 
who's alive at certain points in our lives and you know all these kind of things. When we choose to take the keys and the words and all these things and we apply them to serve the desires of the old man and the perspectives of the old man, what's going to happen? We're going to feel that frustration. You know, that, that short arms that, that you were talking about, that lack of fulfillment. Because you read and you say, oh, but this is the word, Lord. It must be true. It's true if it's experienced in him. We have to know that. And even, even now what we're talking about here, you know, keys of the kingdom. We're going to go read every parable of the kingdom and it, we're going to work it. It's going to happen. Every parable of the kingdom was given to invite us to an experience that takes place in Jesus. Amen. Amen. That's the key. So even all the studying, be diligent, go full force, hoy, 100%. But purpose to experience everything that you study in this, to experience it in Christ. Not just have a perfect explanation or, you know, cover-to-cover study. You have to experience it in Jesus. How many times have we seen that over the years within the church, guys? Mm. Every movement we get, it's like this revelation. Then they chase after the revelation, like the faith movement. Are you with me? The faith movement chased after faith. They got this revelation of faith, and the next moment, everything was faith, 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 faith. And they ran out there, and they were chasing after faith, and Jesus was standing here going, uh, guys, Come back. you have to experience that thing in me. Are you with me? How many, I mean, just think about it. They get healing, the revelation of healing, the biggest, one of the biggest church-splitting revelations, the, the revelation of, of finances, that you don't have to be poor to be humble. I mean, look at the prosperity gospel. Look at the prosperity. They got this revelation that, hey, we can, we can actually have things and still be Christian and be humble. The next moment, everything was about getting the things. And Jesus was like, okay, there they go again. Off they go. 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, and he's just waiting. Okay, will you guys please bring it back? It's about me. I am the abundant life. Amen? And now we're seeing it with the grace message. Over the last 10 years, we've seen the grace message. People got a revelation of this message, and let me tell you something. They've run ahead again and left Jesus behind. Now they're trying to apply grace and all these things. When they speak, there's no Jesus in their words. Hello? Yeah. When they do, there's no Jesus in their actions. They say, we've got God's ability. We've got God's ability. We can do this. We've, we've got the inheritance. We've got all this. But you, when you're in their presence, when you're around them, are you, are you sensing that they're seasoned by his presence? Is their speech, is their, is their, their works, their good works that they're doing, is it all coming from a motive of his heart? Are you, are you with me? Or what is it? It's the flesh again. It's the flesh. You know, somebody once said to me, listen, you, um, we're doing subjects here. Uh, I was doing Bible school at that time, and they said, we're going to be doing all these different subjects. And I asked a question. I said, how do we break a person up into subjects? Are you with me? We've, we've got to learn that, like we have over the last couple of weeks, Jesus came here to set up a kingdom in our hearts. Okay? It's the Father's heart on earth in man. Amen? We can't break this up into anointing and holiness and prosperity and healing and all this and all that. It's all wrapped up in the one person. That's it. It's all wrapped up in the source, That's it. God himself. Yeah. 
Amen? Don't try and experience any one of these things outside of his heart. Don't search or seek for anything outside of God himself. Otherwise, you'll be walking around the mountain like the Israelites did for 40 years, which was supposed to be 11 days of a trip. Amen? There's a key. There's keys for your marriage right now. There's keys for, for anything that you are facing right now. But you're going to frustrate yourself if you don't go and try and apply it and, and open, open it up with him. If you try and open up without him, you're in trouble. Mm. Frustration's coming. Mm. And you know, when the flesh is frustrated, what happens? You're not in love. You can't show love. You're in the flesh. Amen? You can't help it. You have to stay in Jesus. So let's go over a couple of the things that we've been talking about over the last couple of weeks because we're trying to establish this kingdom. We showed you last week and the week before that Jesus came, okay, through the seed of Abraham. But when God spoke to Abraham, was God, uh, uh, um, we spoke about how God speaks to the next generation. Remember that? When he saw Abraham, he wasn't really interested in Abraham. He loved Abraham preciously. Promise was made to Abraham. He gave him the gift of righteousness. But when God dealt with Abraham, he was dealing with Abraham's loins, generations to come. Amen? And what he saw in Abraham was a nation that was called out of the nations, we said it last week, to save the nations. Amen? And that nation would come from that seed, Jesus, okay? And in Jesus, the Greek and the Jew will become one new creation in Christ, okay? And that's the ecclesia, the church, the called out ones. Called out to be what? He said that, he was, we looked at it in Exodus, he said, I think it was Exodus 19, he said that he's looking for a nation of kings and priests. Did you know that Adam was a king and a priest. In his most basic natural creation, before there was a Bible, before there was anything, Adam displayed the true picture of what a king and a priest is on this earth. What is a king? Somebody who's in this physical body, who's born of a woman, remember, from from the water of the womb. He's born in the flesh. He has a fleshly body. He has authority here. He has been given authority to rule and reign over the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, the beast of the field. Amen? Even before Jesus died, you had authority. Hello? Hello? Before Jesus died, you were given authority. There was your original created uh, 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 platform. Hmm. Yeah. Are you guys with me? Then the priest side, what did we say? The priest side is the heart, okay, of the person, of the king, who can spend time with the father in the kingdom and bring it to earth. So Adam was born of a woman, and then he would walk with God in the midst of the day, face to face. He was a king and a priest. Today we put all these weird and wonderful titles and all these, you know, all these things behind people, but the original man's, the original version of a king and a priest was Adam, born of a woman, and choosing to walk face-to-face with God in the garden. What happens when we walk face-to-face with God? 
The Bible says that he became for us wisdom. Amen? He became for us righteousness. He became for us salvation. So the priest side of you, because you're all born of a woman, have you, since I checked last, anyone here not born of a woman? I know they're trying to tell us that men can chest feed and men can have babies, but uh, any, does anyone in the room believe that? Because if you do, we're going to, no, we're not going to do that. Yeah, deliverance. If you do believe that, I'm, I'm available. Come and see how much milk you can get. I'll give you a thousand bucks if you get any milk out of my left breast. Go for it. Thousand bucks. <laughs> well, it's just how stupid it is. We have to go beyond the stupidity of the line. But, so are you with me, guys? So what is the, what is the duty of your duty as a priest? Because you're a holy nation. That's what he says. So you've been given the authority through your bloodline in Adam, creator, man on this planet, woman on this planet. But now you need to be developed as a priest. What does the priest do? The priest spends time with the king. And when the, when the priest comes back in, the king and the priest comes into this realm, he has the wisdom to bring wisdom to every situation. You're having a fight or argument with your wife? Trust me, if you've been spending time with the heart of the Father, you're not going to have to have a rebuttal. You're not going to have to prove to your wife that you are right. She's not going to have to go out of the way to manipulate you men to make sure that you listen. <laughs> are you with me? Hello? Nothing, none, of those, none of those fleshly tools are even going to come into play. Because we've been spending time. Now, when you come out of his presence, you have every... We were talking about it last night, Shaddai. She says she gets up at 4 o'clock in the morning, and she prays every morning, and she spends that time with God before she goes out to work. And you know what the crazy thing is? She was, she was, she was voicing the frustration that she feels so full of God, and she's got that laugh in her. And when she gets to work, yeah. she wants to tell everybody about Jesus. She just, she'll look at somebody at the coffee shop, and she'll be like, this, this, this person needs joy. I've got it. How do I give it to them? How do I give it to them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? When, and that's what it's like. How many of you guys know what I'm talking about? When you come out of God's presence, going to the spa or the checkers becomes a jaw. How many of you guys know what I'm talking about? Hey? Driving in your car is a pleasure. Some people just want to get into their car so they can hear, the, hear a teaching instead of hear their wife's voice. Not me, babe. I'm talking about other people. Are you with me? Man, it's, it's a pleasure. It's Eden. I was explaining to the guys last night that, you know, in Hebrew, the numerical value of, of the word kingdom is heart and mind. When you speak to a Jew or a Hebrew about Eden, they immediately think of kingdom or Eden or paradise. Are you with me? It's his presence. We've got to go there. We've got to experience that. You see, the job of the king, uh, sorry, of the, of the priest side of you is what? It's to make unholy things holy. Hello? How do you do that? It starts with you, first of all, 
setting yourself apart, coming into the, His presence, okay, being uncommon to what the world looks for life, looks for wisdom, looks for, for whatever experience they're looking for. You are so uncommon as the priest, as the holy nation, that you've already set in your heart, I can only get my life from there. You go, you experience it, you get touched, you get filled every day, and you come out, and what happens is those who are common, what does that mean? That means people who are still looking at the physical to give them something spiritual. You come from that uncommon place with that uncommon mind, the uncommon thought patterns, the uncommon desires, the uncommon wisdom, and you bring it into the area, in your marriage, you bring it into your relationship with the kids, you bring it in the workplace. All of a sudden, you have uncommon uh, solutions for common problems. Are you with me? And this is what it's about. That's dying to self. That's dying so that you can enter in. Hello? But do we trust him? When we go in there, we're going to get what we need. Are you guys with me? Okay. Bash. <laughs> I'm speaking a lot. Yeah, you, you, you still going? No, you, you good? Jump in. No, be, being uncommon, you know, that, that's the main thing. And uh, was it on Wednesday or was it Sunday where we were, we were touching on about how every time that you face an opportunity to do something in your life, uh, it was Wednesday, it was Wednesday, you know, and we were saying that, you know, every time it's like, no, I've done this a thousand times before, I'll just do it again. You guys know what I'm talking about? Where it becomes like habit and, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's, uh, maybe it's at work, maybe it's, you know, personal issues, whatever it is. But this uncommon aspect you know, is found in, like you were saying, with the Holy Spirit giving you that strategy, that empowerment, that perspective, you know, that when you're going to do it again. So when we look at the heart attitude of, okay, ah, here we go again, you know, kind of thing. Anyone ever been there? Here we go again. You know that thing? Whenever even you're there, you can't be like, okay, we'll just go through one, two, three, four, five again, and then we'll try it again. You know, it's the posture is always, okay, here we go again. Let me listen. <laughs> Are you guys with me? Here we go again. I've done this a thousand times. Am I going to do it the same, Lord, or am I, you know, carrying on? So, like, the example, you pointed to Shida. Oh, there she is, yeah. I looked in that corner. I'm like, I don't see her. <laughs> but going to the coffee shop, you know, telling people about the love of Jesus, you know. Some people have training. Uh, and there are many, you know, these are the 10 steps. Easiest way to witness, you know, all that kind of stuff, which is good. It's, it's good structures and everything. But even when you have that structure, you know, and you talking to someone and your heart's just full and overflowing, what should be our attitude is that, okay, Lord, this person needs your love. What's my way in here? That's the thing. How do I connect with them so their heart's going to open for me to tell them about you? Amen. Not the, the you know, the, what was that, that, that thing, man? Are you a good person? Remember the two cards thing? What is it? Uh, yeah, yeah. That, that, that course that was, was a big buzz, you know, and, and they, would go to, um, they, they would go to unsafe people and be like, oh, you a good person. They were like, yeah, I think I'm good. That's not bad. I'm good. It's like, okay, have you ever lied? They're like, uh, yeah, yeah, now and then, maybe. He's like, well, then you're not good, are you? You know? And this guy goes through, yeah, I know. I'm like, this is preaching the gospel, right? And this guy goes through this entire thing and it's like, this is the quickest way to get a conversion for Jesus. Oh, 100%. But the conversion comes through fear. You with me? 
The Bible tells us that it's the goodness of God that draws men to repentance. Now, some people say, you know, the goodness part is, is that you were deserving of hell, but Christ paid your price. What does that mean to someone who knows nothing about heaven or hell or God or anything, you know? But when you have all of that knowledge, you have all that understanding, you know, the word, you've, you have your walk with God, all these kind of things, you start becoming reliant on the power that's been placed inside you. Amen. So when we approach people now, we don't try and manipulate them with, oh, but have you, oh, but have you, let me get you, you know, whatever. We're focusing on making sure that that heart experiences the same love we're experiencing. Are you guys with me? Experiencing the same goodness that God has showed to us. Amen? And it always comes through. It's, it's never usually something quick, I promise you. Unless, unless you got something like very specific, like listen, the Lord showed me that if you don't change this now, you're going to die. Okay, I'm not saying that's going to happen all the time, but I'm just saying something extreme like that, um, that person will, their heart will open very quickly. But sometimes it's just a matter of opening a conversation. Sometimes it's just a matter of, you know, extending friendship, whatever it is. But the principle is, okay, I need to share Jesus with people. Lord, show me. Because we're relying on him who knows that person's heart better than anyone. I mean, better than they know it themselves. And he'll say to you, I mean, how many times when you're standing in the line at spa or, you know, all that kind of stuff. And the Lord just says, hey, and you ignore it. Hey, and you're like, oh, okay, wait, hold on. You know, let me, let me talk to this person. But right there and then, your Bible knowledge doesn't kick in. You know what I'm saying? Your, your years of experience of witnessing, and all, that, that doesn't kick in. What kicks in is your experience in relying on the Holy Spirit. And it's the same in every area of life. Oh, okay, here we go again. Help, Lord. <laughs> You know, let's have a, uh, a squiz at a scripture, okay? Um, when Jesus says what it means to seek first the kingdom, uh, what Jesus says it means to give, what does it look like? You know, what is, what is dying to self and not trying to receive but giving look like, okay? He says here in Mark 10, 29 to 31, let's have a look at this quickly. This, I know this is challenging, guys, but we've got to go read Jesus. Amen? We can't just read Paul. We've got to go back to, to Jesus. What did Jesus say? How does the kingdom work? Remember, if God's son himself only spoke about the kingdom, it must be important. Amen? That's all he spoke about. Yeah. Jesus should be our priority. Amen? Paul and them were just trying to, were trying to bring about the post-cross thing where... You know, speaking about the kingdom, trying to decipher it, the mystery of it. And, but Jesus is saying, listen, yeah, here's the kingdom. This is how it works. This is how we get in. This is how we experience it. Amen? And he says things like this, which will challenge you big time. He says, but it's, it's a blessing. Listen to what he's saying. But there's a cost. You must die. Hello? There's an old saying, the gospel doesn't cost you anything. It just takes everything. What does that mean? That you literally have to give your life to him. When we say that, he says, do not seek after the things that the pagans worry about, but seek first the kingdom. Amen? So if you're going to go worry about how you're going to get the house and the car and the money, guess what? You've made it about your way. You've made it about your philosophy of life. Now you're going to pay the price. Amen? What comes with that? Stress, sickness, disease, frustrations, divorce, 
Do you know that most divorces come from a lack of money in the house? Why? Because the guys run and make their own plan, whatever, whatever. Next moment, they lose, uh, they lose their money, they lose their wife. And then they go listen to country music. Because country music, you get your wife back, you get your house back, you get your horse back, you get your whiskey back. But anyway, bad joke. But anyway, listen, this is what Jesus says, okay? Is this the new international version? Tenneth, thank you. Okay, that's fine. NKJV uh, is fine. Here we go. So Jesus answered and said, Surely I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospels. Go to the next one. Who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time. Okay? Houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands, there will be persecutions, okay? And in the age to come, the eternal life. So there's a cost here. You get to experience what the kingdom can provide. But you need to leave your home. You need to leave your brother. See, wherever you have placed your identity, wherever you're getting away for life, are you getting it from dad's old ways, dad's old tricks? Are you leaving your brother? Are you leaving your sister? Are you, are you cutting, are you severing off the identity from your tribe? Are you with me? Are you willing to not go out there and get the house and the lands your way? Are you willing to leave your way of getting it for his way? You see, a prosperity gospel guy or a transactional Christian will sit there and go, yes. I get lands, I get this, I get that, everything. It's a promise from Jesus, he said so. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. I got to get the land, I get the house, I get brothers, I get more sisters, I get whatever. Are you with me? It's not what, you, it's not what he's saying. He's saying, you know, if, you, if you leave their ways for his ways and you disconnect from your tribe, you get more brothers and more sisters. Look around you. When they came to ask Jesus to get him, I can't remember what he was, exactly the account, but they said to him, come, your mother's waiting for you. Oh, yeah. And he said, who's my mother? Who's my brother? Mm. Hello? Yes, your mother. Yes, your brother. Yes, your sisters. Right here. Why? Because people with the same DNA as you in Christ will treat you better than your own blood. They'll give you more grace than your own family. So he's saying, forsake that and come, I'm going to give you brothers and sisters that will love you more than your own. And then he says, I will be your brother first. Wow. Amen? Disconnect, break the sever, get away from the identity that you're holding on to. Wherever you go, there will be a home for you. Don't worry about where you're going to live. I'm your home. Jesus displayed that wherever he went, he was full of the provision of heaven. That's it. Yeah. Amen? Amen? He lived so carefree. Mm. I mean, just think about it. We're walking down to the shop here, and uh, SARS stops us. Me, Bash, and Tussle. SARS. SARS stops us and says, listen, you haven't paid your account. And I say, I say Bash, uh, go look in that car's boot over there. <laughs> Imagine. There's the taxes. Give it to him. <laughs> <laughs> Are you with me? I know that's an extreme version. But Jesus said, go get a gold coin out of the fish's mouth. Which one's more extreme? Yeah, true. To your true. logic, yeah. there might be some drug addict who's got yeah. all his stash in the boot there and I'll choose the right car. 
was about to say, there's drug money. <laughs> Are you with me? But this is what he's saying. It's going to cost you. If you want to get into the kingdom, it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you your entire life doing it your way. Amen? Hello? Let's go, to, let's go to Philippians. And you see, and this is what Jesus, he drops these things that like smash your brain cells, man. He says, it's more blessed to receive than to give. <laughs> He's like, I mean, just think about it. To the world, to the flesh, does that make any sense? And then to the carnal Christian, he takes it and he mixes it up in his little baby Christian heart. And he goes, oh, you're giving. I'm going to stop and give the hobo a piece of bread outside. Yeah, I've done my giving. That's not what he's talking about. That's beautiful. Go give him your loaf of bread, not just a piece of bread. But what, I, what he's talking about is that your time, your talents, your energy, your thoughts, your money, your clothing, your car, your, doesn't matter what it is, at any time are you willing, are you able to release it for the gospel? Are you able to release anything at any time to further the kingdom? Because he's saying this, this is what he's saying. Remember, he's calling a nation from the nations to save the nation. He's talking to the loins. When he talks to us, he's not talking about our life. He's talking about the generation to come. Are you willing to lay it all down to lay it up for the next generation? And if you can do that, he's saying, I will provide everything you need. If you're willing to die to yourself to the point that everything from you is to, is to give and it's not to receive, I will make sure you have every single thing you need. My grace will supply whatever you need, whenever you need it, wherever you are, whatever state you're in. But there has to be the give and take. I give my life and I take up, the, I take up this, this life that you're offering. Are you with me? It's, it's got no, in no way does it come close to the life I'm thinking of. Are you willing to do that? If you're not, work on it and allow the Holy Spirit to take you there. Amen? Yeah. Let's, go, let's go to um, Philippians 3, 8 to 21. And let's just read here what Paul says. Jump in whenever you yeah, want, Bash. Okay. says, yet indeed I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish. Paul says he counts, you can go back, Paul says he counts it as rubbish. Anything out there is rubbish compared to Christ. Okay? that I may gain Christ. You can go to the next one. And be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. Keep going. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death. Okay, keep going. If by any means I may attain to the resurrection of the dead. 
Keep going. Not that I have already attained or I am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that which, of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Do you see, do you see the theme? It's the one kingdom for the other. It's my life for the life that he's promised ahead of me. Are you with me? And he's saying, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Jesus Christ. What's the prize? Jesus. That you walk like him, you feel like him, you talk like him. You dispense his wisdom like he would. You love like him. You have his patience, his kindness. You're a peacemaker. You are a priest of Christ, a holy nation. Therefore, let us as many as are mature have this mind. And if, any, if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal, reveal even this to you. Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. Amen? Brethren, join in following my example and note those who so walk as you have us for a pattern. This is what the apostles are saying. For many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you even, we, even weeping that they are the enemies of the cross. Okay? They are enemies whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who set their mind on earthly things. Okay? Keep going. For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Hello? Remember I was telling you last week, Jesus came to build a kingdom that's not of this place. Hello? Can we make that choice? Can we decide to go into the kingdom? It's one thing to be reborn and put your hand up and say, forgive me of my sins. It's a whole other thing to say, I will give up my life and go in the kingdom. I will lose my life to find your life Amen. so that I can bring it to this nation that you've called within me. But can we trust him? He's made the promise. Yep. He said he'll supply. But can you let go and enter? That's it. Hello? Yeah. Can you let go and enter? Mm. Christianity is, it's not for sissies, guys. It's for kings. It's for priests. Yeah. Amen? Absolutely. That's what this is all about. This is not a game. We're not playing church here. You have a call on your life. You have a purpose. Every gift and every talent that's been placed inside you is, has a purpose to it. That's Amen? Come on. What is the purpose for? You to make money. No. You to get in the kingdom. Lose your life so that you can bring life to others. That's it. Yeah. Hello? Yeah. You know, and until we go in there and we walk this way, we shouldn't call ourselves Christians. Because a Christian is an ambassador of the kingdom. So until we're in the kingdom and experiencing the kingdom and bringing this to the world, we should rather just say, you know, I've been reborn a couple of years ago. 
trying to, I'm still busy figuring it out. Mm. I'm serious. Yeah. Because you are an ambassador. Hello? Man, we've got to understand that this call, this call is for everything you got. Not what you choose to give. It's for everything. It's your heart. Have I scared you? Shouldn't have. You invited. (laughs) Amen. It's an invitation. It's an invitation. These people walk around and they use Romans 8 and they, you know, like, God will use all things for those who, uh, how does it go again? He'll turn all things for good. Yeah, God will turn all things for good for those who love him. And they think it's just, yeah, yeah. No, but you know what that's saying? It's talking about those who have set their hearts on being like Jesus. Not just any casual oak. The one who says, I want to be like Christ. Amen? If we don't go in there, we're going to be frustrated, guys. The most frustrating place for a Christian is to have one foot in the world, one foot in the kingdom. Rather have both in the world. For sure. Yeah. Amen? Mm-hmm. Then you can go and follow every desire of your heart, do whatever you want, apply anything to stimulate you. You know what I'm saying? Yourself. Mm-hmm. But to be in the kingdom, this is for people that have come to a maturity and they said, you know what? There's nothing else out there that can do it for me. Mm-hmm. I know that this is it. I'm here. Yeah. Lord, use me. I'm willing, Lord. 100%. And I, I like the way you put it is that, okay, I'm on the process, you know, because a lot of people think, like what we read now, a lot of people think, I've got to make that decision now. I'm done with everything. It's not. It's that you've got to make the decision to pursue the value that he's showing you is available. That's the key. And as that understanding and that revelation of that value increases day by day as you're walking with him, right, then automatically, what are you going to start doing? You'll be like, That thing's not as important as I thought it was. This is where the life is now. But you've got to purpose to find it there. You've got to purpose to make God number one to mean that, God, whatever I'm finding there, I'm going to choose to find it in you. I'm going to seek. I'm going to ask. I'm going to knock. I'm going to search. I'm going to open up my heart to you so that the world has told me over there, I'm going to get X, Y, and Z. But I know your word says X, Y, and Z is available in you. And you have to do that. You know, a simple example. I mean, these, how many, over the years now, right, if I had to ask you, how many different industries have you worked in? Like in your, in your working life. I mean, from food to entertainment to, to sport to, you know, whatever it is. And in today's world, because, you know, a lot of us have more availability to tertiary education and all these things, we're like, no, it's only finance and that's it. It's only engineering and that's it. It's only medicine and that's it. There's nothing else. Listen. The job is what you do. It's, it's, it's getting skillful so that you can, you know, excel at your, at your career and your talents and your skills and everything. And listen, that goes without saying. But the thing is this, it's not the hard and fast end of the road for you. If finance doesn't work out, you've got something else. Why? Because God is saying in him, right, in him, you will always have opportunity and supply of where you need to go. Amen. Nothing ahead of you is hard and fast, guys. It's not the end of the road. And you don't need to set yourself up to be like, this is the only way I'm going to go. Christ is the only way. What you need to do along the way is going to change. It's going to change all the time, right? 
But this purpose that we need to have is that, no, I'm going to set my intentions on him. Everything I need pertaining to life is in him. And that's where I'm going to find it. No, beautiful picture. We'll end off with this, guys. Is I actually went to go look at the reference, the commentary in my um, study Bible. And they paint such a beautiful picture of what we're talking about. And they liken it to a runner, okay? A well-built, uh, strong runner who sets his goal, and that's, a, that's the victory line, okay? And it says that if, almost today, if we had slow-mo, you know, you can slow-mo slow the whole thing down, that's super slow-mo, and you can see that as he runs, as he runs, every muscle, his eyes, he, he, I mean, he, the way he puts his head down, the way he tries to make his head more aerodynamic, the way he positions his, his shoulders, the way that every muscle flexes in unity and tandem, you know, are you with me? Working together, straining and striving to get through to that one goal. He set his goal, that's his goal, and the entire being the spirit, the knowledge, the mental, the, the physical, the muscles, the tissue, the, you name it, everything is working and striving and straining to get to the finish line. That's the picture. Amen. Are you with me? That's the picture of your energy, your time. What is your muscles in this picture? It's your, your expertise. It's your the gifts that God's given you. It's your talents, all working together and striving and moving towards a goal to arrive in that, in that place where we experience Jesus, the kingdom. Amen? That's what it's all about. All your time, all your energy, prioritize the kingdom, he says, and I will give you everything that the unbeliever is seeking and searching for. Can we dedicate our time to him this morning? Can we dedicate our, our finances, our energy, our pursuit of knowledge? Even your pursuit of knowledge, it must be working in tandem with the goal. What's the goal? To be like Jesus. Not to be a well-learned, uh, uh, good speaker, an orator here behind, behind the pulpit. What does that help? I'm of Paul and of Apollos. You remember that story? They were all of Apollos because Apollos was such a great orator, such a great speaker. But you know what? He had one dimensional message. Get baptized in water. That's all he would preach. Paul was apparently not a good public speaker. He struggled. But he had a message of the kingdom. He had the message of grace. He had, the, he had everything that Apollos didn't have. Are you with me? You had the heart of God. You had the true goal, the purpose of salvation. Amen? Why don't we close our eyes this morning? And I want you to just picture, picture yourself as this, this athlete, this, this um, powerful king and priest. And you're moving towards your goal to be like Jesus. And as you're moving, you're surrendering everything up for that goal. You're saying, Lord, it's all yours. It's all available to you. Whatever I have, use it. I'm willing to give it to you because I know your promise is true.
I know that you would never say that you would give me the things that the world seeks. You wouldn't just say that, Lord. You're not a liar. You're not a manipulator. You are the one who put this place together. You know how it works. You set the laws of my heart. You set the laws of relationship. You set the natural laws of this world. You set everything. You know how it works. I trust you beyond myself. I am that dedicated, powerful son, daughter. And everything I have is working together for you, for your purpose. Take me there. I want to experience it, Lord. I don't want to just talk about the promises. I want to taste them. I don't want to just talk about this kingdom. I want to live in it. Take it, Lord. Take it. 80 years, you max. A, a generation, 80 years, 90 years, some of us will hit triple digits. But go read the book of Ecclesiastes. He'll tell you it's just a vapor. Solomon actually makes fun of us. Those who are in the world, he says it's a chasing of the wind, a purposeless life. Come on. Recognize this. Recognize this. Go and take it. Not by force, but by faith. Everything, surrender it to God for His purpose and watch what He does in your life. One by one, surrender them up to Him. Come on. Your time that you prioritize for yourself so much, your energy that you're so badly seeking, give it up to Him. Give it up. thing that you've attached yourself to that you're saying if I get there, if I, if I become that, maybe it's a mother, maybe it's a wife maybe it's a boss, maybe it's a, a position or something that you've, you've thought, if I get there, that's it no, 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 throw it away, get it out of the way you are striving for one goal and that is to be like the son of God to be like Jesus one goal one purpose Slowly but surely, come, let them all go. Let them all go up. Surrender them. Push them away. And you'll sense more and more freedom as they leave you, one by one. Every one of those things that you've attached yourself to, you will experience more and more freedom as you let go of controlling these things or using these things or manipulating them to get to where you need to go. Thank you, Jesus. I am in your kingdom. I am an ambassador. I'm yours. Amen. Give him a big, big round of applause. Come on. This is the true gospel, family. Go read it in the red letters of Jesus and... Process it and make your decisions as you go. Amen? Amen. Have a blessed, blessed Sunday, folks. Enjoy.